What's up, y'all? You're listening to The Goat Rodeo, a podcast about how to do life, family, travel, and small business all on your own terms. Let's get to it. Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of the Goat Rodeo Podcast. Today, we are joined by Abby and Andy Leidick of Abigail Ginger Ale Photography. Abby and Andy are husband and wife team. They're based in New Jersey, and they specialize in weddings and boudoir photography. You know, we're really excited for this episode. Um, in this episode, we got to talk to to them about some things that we often don't really think of or talk about uh, as business owners, but you know, specifically talking about facing challenges, things like social media bullying and how to handle it when strangers are actively going after your clients for no real reason other than just to get a reaction out of you. Uh, They both had incredible insight and left us with a lot to think about. Plus, they're really rad people and we're a ton of fun to hang out with. So let's just get to it. Welcome to the Goat Rodeo. Thanks for being on, guys. We're super excited to talk to you. Um, I I say this all the time with people. I'm like, uh, so we have like a... uh, a reason for doing the podcast, but one of the biggest reasons is we just like to talk to people that we like. So <laughs> it's like, like, oh yeah, we're doing business stuff. So let's talk for the next hour and hang out. Isn't that the reason to have a podcast is to talk to people you like? Yeah. Totally. I mean, I think that's why we have a business is actually like, well, just like <laughs> I like seeing these people and I like photographing. So I think I should do that for a living. I think <laughs> honestly, when we were talking about starting this podcast too, you two were the first that came to mind um on who we wanted to talk to just because of just stuff that's been happening with you guys recently and yeah, yeah it was like awesome. what are we going to talk to people about it's like well i mean we could talk to people like andy and abby like just happened this just happened <laughs> yeah he was like well why don't we schedule them and i was like that's what i that's what i meant I, <laughs> sure that sounds awesome awesome so definitely appreciate you joining us today yeah. yeah, thanks for having us. Um, before we get started, do you guys just want to say who you are and who your business is, and then we will start diving into other stuff? Awesome. Yeah. So we are uh, Abigail and Andy from Abigail Ginger Ale Photography. Um, we are located in New Jersey. We shoot weddings and boudoir mainly, and um, some portraits in between for our special friends and stuff like that. So, um, People you like enough to put up with their kids. <laughs> Abby's Abby's good with kids. I'm maybe I'm not so much. It's true. I was going to say I mean, you Abigail Ginger Ale Photography. She's Abby. Are you Ginger Ale? People people always go, oh, you you're Mr. Ginger Ale. I'm like, no, okay, okay. They're like, no, my stage name is Ginger Ale. They're like, what kind of a stage is like? What do you imagine? <laughs> How did you how did the name abigail ginger ale come about so my middle name is ginger i'm abigail oh. ginger after my grandmother virginia um everyone calls her ginger and so it, since they picked abigail when i was before i was even born they were calling me abigail ginger ale oh, so, so for like growing up in like high school we would have bake sales and i would bake cookies and i would put a sticker on it that said abigail ginger ale's famous uh, built in yeah, yeah, so it kind of made sense when we started taking pictures of our, well, I started taking pictures of our daughter, Lucy, when she was born, um, and it kind of, the photography business grew from there. Um, it it just a, made sense. It was a mistake. It. We were like, oh, we'll just name it Abigail Ginger Photography, and then we would go to like a wedding professionals conference, and people were like, oh, 
Abigail Dingerail, that's an amazing business name. And I'm like, wow, we didn't do that on purpose. It just kind of happened. Yes, yes, it is. We spent <laughs> many, many years perfecting it. It's yeah. so like, fun literally to say. Since she was a child. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing. People remember it. So we kind of stuck with it, even though they called him Mr. Ginger. <laughs> so your middle name is Ginger and they called your grandma Ginger. But where you guys are from, they probably called it Ginger. Yeah. Well, no, actually, that's Boston. Yeah. <laughs> no, so it's, it's my very grandparents more. are in the South. They're in, uh, oh. they're in North Carolina. So. Oh. Well, I, in my mind, that's what it will always sound like. I mean, <laughs> we're like, yeah. So we're in Central Jersey. So like we're right in the middle of New York and Philadelphia. So, you know, we have a very uh, diverse, um, you know, very diverse accents around us. Yeah. yeah. And you guys have none. No. <laughs> I hope so. I don't know. I don't. You have what we call the Ohio accent, which is a neutral accent. <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. Cool. Awesome. Cool. Cool. All right. So we like to get started whenever possible with this, with something we're calling the full truth five. Right, mm-hmm. Chad? Yeah, man. Uh, just five fun questions. Jamie loves it so much, he likes to introduce it. Uh, it's just five fun questions. Um, no. They're just silly, but we'll start there, okay? Well, they're not all silly. Some of them are really serious. <laughs> True. Like, like Don't this build one, it up right? like that, because then they're going to be disappointed when it is serious. They're like, I thought this was supposed to be funny, Jamie. All right, so we'll start with the serious one. All right. If you Since got you arrested and there was no explanation offered... What would your friends and family assume it was for? Ooh, do I we think, each get to answer? I yeah, think whoever. Definitely different answers. Yeah, I don't even know what my family would say about me. What would they think? Like, if probably maybe from like answer for each other. Hmm. Okay. Oh, okay. So, but if you knew, yeah, if she got arrested, <laughs> yeah. But if you did know, what would it be? <laughs> Okay, so you answer for me. You, okay. I think everyone would think that it was something that had to do with your car. Really? Because you broke so many cars, so many years in a row. It would have something to do with the car. Yeah, like crashing your car into somebody or something. Well, there was a time when I think there was like a five-year stretch when I went through like a car every nine months, and I got tickets. There, yeah, yeah, I got like I got like nine tickets in eighteen months. It was bad. That's, that's significant. Yeah, it was really bad. I was pretty <laughs> close. Let you have a license. What? And they still let you have a license? Yeah, I was. I think I was pretty close. My insurance oh, right. for like liability only in New Jersey was like four hundred a month. It was just stupid. It was. Bad. Well, it's not stupid. You're a liability. Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, what insurance is. It's much better now, but yeah. What would mine be? Jeez, oh, I don't know. Everyone thinks you're so sweet and so nice. <laughs> you would probably just get let go. I don't think you would get arrested for anything. <laughs> for mistaken identity right right they thought it was someone else they didn't say they, yeah else. that would be it oh it's got to be someone else that's what they would say yeah. Oh, yeah. Good. Well, that's nice mine would be like yeah i always assumed it was going to happen <laughs> like, mine would probably took this long <laughs> mine, mine would probably be car related to andy just so you know <laughs> also went through a stretch where it was like speeding tick i was broke but i would get speeding tickets i couldn't afford to pay for insurance or registration or my license renewal so i would just drive anyways and then i'd get caught my car would get impounded and it was expensive it really helped it really helped with your financial situation right yeah i thought i couldn't afford it before (laughs) right (laughs) they're like like you think you can't afford it now wait till you get busted work four times as hard just to try and break even not legal (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, from like 19 to like 21 was a really rough time for me with cars. Yeah, it's gotten much better now that I have a kid and I'm married. But I straightened it out. Okay. More responsible. <laughs> um, so, <clears throat> oh, I just totally lost it. I looked, I looked at it, and then I missed it. Um, oh, what's something? What's something everybody has to do, but nobody looks cool doing? Ooh. Hmm. Uh, this is more of like a woman thing, but when you're wearing a romper, you think you look really cute, but then when you have to go to the bathroom, you have to get naked, like completely naked. Yeah. So, like a couple weeks ago, I wore a romper to a wedding to shoot a wedding in, and it was like the best thing until you get to the reception and you haven't peed or gone to the bathroom all day. So, I'm going to the bathroom and I'm soaked in sweat because it's summer. So, I'm disgusting. There's like dust sticking to me i had to take my whole fast off and hang it on the back of the toilet thing and then i had to get completely naked in this re- yeah. like the reception hall bathroom <laughs> <laughs> i always say rompers are super cute but they're like a permanent wedgie like there's no <laughs> yeah. way to move in them that's that doesn't true. give you some sort of a wedgie yes someone should true. solve that problem <laughs> they did of having to get completely ass. naked like, to go to the bathroom in a romper. Little um, button flat, yeah. Your answer was really good. My answer was like, I don't know, like changing a diaper, or taking out the trash. I don't know. <laughs> so, I, always, I always think things like flossing. You know what I mean? Like, no one looks cool flossing. Everyone looks like a complete moron. Like, because <laughs> you're trying to stick your fingers in this delicate little piece of string in the back of your mouth, and <laughs> yeah. an idiot doing it. And I also say, I say picking a wedgie. Like, yeah. I don't pick. I just do that like step to step. Yeah, to that's even side. that's even worse. Where everyone knows what you're doing because you got this like yeah, little like step to the side <laughs> butt pop. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, yep, shook that out. Yes. Yeah. And then um, you turn around, everyone, and you're like, "What's up?" Yeah. <laughs> you're like no hands. <laughs> All right, Jamie. What's your next one? What's the most odd thing and or moment you've ever been asked to photograph? Oh, you guys probably have some good ones with the uh, boudoir clients. Well, yeah. So, okay. okay. <clears throat> you go first. No, I have to share the, the, the boudoir one. Go. I have to. Go. Do it. So we had um, uh, a guy call for a boudoir session or a couple's boudoir session. Um, and he's like, all right, I want to do a couple's boudoir session, but my wife is like really nervous about doing it. So I need you to call her to convince her. So I'm like, okay, that's kind of weird. <laughs> I mean, at least we'll talk about it. So I'm like, okay, so like, what do you think? You know, do, do you think she'd be open to it? Like, you know, are you going to talk to her about it beforehand? Am I just going to cold call her and talk to her about it? Like, this is going to be really weird. So you don't uh, know me, but I'd like to photograph you. In no, but the weirdest part about it, <laughs> the weirdest part well, about it was I did know the wife. I uh, worked with her at Chick-fil-A for a certain okay. of time. And that made it a little bit weirder. And then, and then he tells me what he's going to use the photos for. He's like, yeah, so we're going to use it for our swingers profile for, you know, online and you know i'm like okay like that's fine and then, he t- and then he's like oh well you know we're gonna like do it during the session and we want you to photograph us in our basement bedroom and our basement and bedroom like not like the their, no their basement their basement they have a bedroom in the basement for this specific thing i guess and then they yeah. said and we have a lot of kids, so we can't ever find a babysitter, so they'll be home upstairs. I'm like, no, that's, and they're they like, want cool. to do it. 
Is there anyone to lock the door? (laughs) (laughs) It was just a lot of like little things that were like, uh, wait, what? (laughs) Yeah, it's like if you could take all the weird things that people ask and make it one single request, that's what it would sound like. Yeah, like it was like, all right, that's kind of weird, but I can deal with that. And like, and then there's this horse. Yeah, no, all those things together were just a little too much. You know what, though? There's a testament to keeping passion alive. Yeah, right? right. I'm not going to knock anybody for Whatever it takes. Yeah, that's what makes you happy. That's totally fine. Yeah. But for my business, it was just a little much, I think. (laughs) A little uncomfortable. Well, no. What made it weird was when you called him, you got the impression that like he wanted us to join in. Yes. I think that was like, the weirdest <laughs> yeah, thing. So my favorite part of this story is that you told all of that part of the story. And then you said, and what made it weird was. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it was the whole situation caught us so off guard that I had to call Mike Alabac. I'm like, Mike, dude, you're used to this kind of stuff. Like, what <laughs> is you this normal? He goes, he goes, yeah, that's, that's weird. <laughs> you know, if Mike's saying it's weird, it's weird. <laughs> yeah, Mike, Mike says that, but he's getting requests that people want to do it with complete strangers. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I just saw that. That's, I mean, that's crazy. But. Hey, there's a market for everything, right? Right, exactly. So I was like, I just think that we're not the right photographer for this <laughs> scenario. <laughs> yeah. I think you're I looking for someone named Larry Flint. <laughs> yeah, no, I just didn't want to be invited to have sex with anybody in the middle of photographing. It was just, yeah. Well, their kids were upstairs. I mean, why not, dude? That sounds like a dream party. <laughs> oh my God. So fun. <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> nightmare. Request verified. Yeah, that was a good one. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's like a, that's a um, top five reviews kind of a thing. <laughs> Uh, so is that four do we do four already that was three three oh man see we got so many more what would your if you could build a pool and fill it with anything what would it be filled with that you could swim in anything 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 i mean i like swimming in water that's totally fine with me (laughs) i'm not i'm simple your dreams are just wild yeah, Andy's the type of person that like doesn't like lotion. He doesn't like sunblock. He doesn't she, like- she makes fun of me because I make her put suntan lotion on me because I hate, and this is really funny, I hate the feeling of the lotion in between my fingers. So I like wash my hands afterwards. So yeah, she's like, yeah. She always I probably told I was like 17. I made my mom put, we had this stuff called Unkers <laughs> on my back when I was sick because I hated the way it like would not wash off. It's yeah. like Vaseline based. You know what I mean? It's like, it won't go away. And so I was like, Put this on me, please. I can't do it. <laughs> well, let's see. Um, I think the Orbeez, the Orbeez, oh, yeah. Orbeez. I was so thinking that. Yes, that exactly. would be fun. Like if like we were gonna like really go for something yeah. crazy, I would do the Orbeez just yeah. because it's really interesting. I don't know. I've always wanted to like oh. thank you, kid videos on YouTube. Think, yeah, I was gonna say think of how many millions and millions of Orbeez you'd need to fill a pool too. That yeah, there was a, there's a there's a YouTube video about it. I've they, seen several where people fill like small like pools with them and it's like bag after bag after bag and they have yeah. like, you know, four inches of Orbeez. It's crazy. I'm, imagine how much money in Orbeez that is too. What are Orbeez? <laughs> They're like little balls what? that absorb Wait, water. no, no, no. You are getting a bag of Orbeez Amazon to your house. Today. <laughs> <laughs> your, your kids, kids don't play with Orbeez? Am I going to hate them? No. Yes. no. Because they get it everywhere. <laughs> no, right. You're not going to hate them like glitter, though. It's like, yeah, no, that's true. true. Or Play-Doh. They're like way almost, better than Play-Doh or glitter. 
Yeah, All I would right. almost compare it to glitter, but it's not as bad. Oh, they can break. It's like the like if you think of a diaper that's like filled with like the water absorbing stuff. That's pretty much what it's it is. like that. So if you break the outside, it gets like jelly and gross. Oh, yeah, don't send those. Okay, so what? What about you? Wait, that's what I was gonna say. Break them? Yeah, you can break them. I've never like we squeeze the crap out of them. We never break them. They're like you know, like the inside of a grape, Jamie. <laughs> You know that? Yeah. Except they're like solid. They're not squished. Oh. They don't like, they're like okay. solid. Yeah. It's hard they're to squish really cool. them. And if you put your hand in them or like squeeze them, or like, I don't know, they're just really fun. He's ordering them now for I, you. I can, I, I can see that he is right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not. Not doing anything on my phone. <laughs> All right. Again. <laughs> so I'll have a review of Orbeez in a couple days here. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Dude, and they're only 10 bucks. <laughs> I mean, I assume so. It's I think a deal. Abby, what about you? Um, yeah, so I was going to say Orbeez only because that's all that Lucy's been obsessed with, like, recently. She's like, loves them. What about, like, pudding or something? No, see, I don't like food. Like, what was that movie, Patch Adams, or she, right? Oh, yeah. And the noodles? Macaroni. Yeah, yeah. And I like food all over my body just seems horrible. Why would you want yeah, it? Yeah, it does kind of gross me out, too. Yeah. I could do like, noodles wouldn't be bad if they weren't, like, sticky. Yeah, you know, like I don't want buttered like, noodles. Not even just texture; like they get like like the wheaty kind of like stick. <laughs> I think we call that gluten. Yes, yeah. gluten-free noodles are worse. Gluten-free noodles, which are like made out of zucchini. Use <laughs> like, some styrofoam. Swimming in a, I'm swimming in a noodle pool of zucchini. <laughs> All right, give me something that people do on airplanes that drives you crazy. Mm. Well, the one time <laughs> I was on a plane by myself when Abby and I were married, I had to fly to Atlanta for an engagement session. And the dude, so I'm like, I have the window seat, and the dude on like in the middle of the other two, like across the lane, he was clipping his toenails. Oh no. It was, no. I'm just looking at the people around me and we're all thinking the same thing. And I'm like, how is this happening? I, did, I didn't have enough sense to take photos because I was so shocked. <laughs> but it was so terrible. That's bad. <laughs> so awful. Oh. I don't even know if I have one. That's thinking, not even, that's not like something people do. That's something someone horrible does. Yeah. I mean, if it's you're terrible. clipping your nails anywhere but like your own space, then there's something seriously wrong. Like a trash can? That's where that's where you clip fingernails. I, when I was in, when I was like nineteen, I used to work for a coffee shop, and this dude would come in and clip his toenails like once a week. I'm like, man, you gotta leave. This is gross. Like, you don't oh, see how gross. Oh, bro. How do people think that's okay? I have no idea, dude. Did you did you see that video? Of the woman shaving her legs at the yes. pool. I almost like I didn't even know, and I don't yeah. have like a queasy. Re I almost vomited on my on my laptop. I was like. I just the very thought of that. I was like, <laughs> "Have you seen it, Andy?" No, no. Um, no I'm gonna, I need to go watch. Send I'm that gonna to find it. Messenger right now. It is. It's, it is cool. well, it's really funny that you mentioned that because we were driving to a wedding one day, and Abby, uh, I'm driving, and Abby's in the passenger seat, and she forgot to shave her legs, and like, I'm wearing Ab a dress. Abby's the type of person she's like, "Oh, I'll shave my legs for two weeks. It's cool." And like, I don't Whatever. care, so it doesn't bother anybody. I don't have time for that. But she's we we stopped at Wawa to pick up shaving cream. She's in the passenger seat shaving her legs at a red light, and there's a guy in a utility truck next to us, like 
what is happening? Like, why is this happening right now? But again, I had like paper towels and it was my own space. I wasn't like forcing (laughs) other people to watch it. No, it wasn't in a public pool. Except for that we were at a red light and everyone could see. It was awesome. Um, I just think like, (laughs) what did you wash your, what'd you wash your, oh, are you pulling it up? Look at you. You're an awesome person. (laughs) No. How do you do? And there's like people like right next to her. That is not a backyard pool. It has, it has feet markings. Like how deep this is. That is 100%. Wait, here's the best part. Oh, did you see it where she shakes it into the pool? No. No, no, no. It's so gross. Oh God, it's so gross. Oh, no, thank Please, you. Please take it away, Jamie. Go back to the regular screen of people like not <laughs> shaving their legs in a pool. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Good chance. Yeah. No, man. That's uh that's too much. I I like little things that people do all the time on on planes that I'm just like, are you not did you why are your shoes off? This is not your house. I don't care if you had flip-flops on. They're protecting your funk from the floor and from me. What about socks? Would socks be okay? It's the same thing, man. It's the same thing. Does your sweat, like, impermeable to your socks? Like, no. (laughs) Keep that stuff on. I'm totally guilty that I totally take my shoes off on long plane rides. Oh, not unless you have slippers to put on over top of them. Mm. He's like, Or, like, putting their feet up on on the, like, Jamie, you're muted, Jamie. See, now I have a problem. I'm short. My feet dangle. So they swell because they're not touching the floor, you know? I see you sitting on an airplane seat just like. (laughs) My feet swing, so I got to take my shoes off, you know? (laughs) Chad and I debate about this because I wear flip-flops everywhere, so. Which is fine. Totally fine. Wear flip-flops. I don't care. Don't take the flip-flops off. They're protecting. They're protecting your funk from the floor. Or the f- I don't know how unfunky your feet are, and if they're anything like anybody else's feet, when they're in contact with rubber directly, it's like guaranteed sweat. Yeah. <laughs> people put their feet up on the on the footrests or the yeah. armrests of the people in front of them. Oh like, yeah. I will rip your toenails off. Like there's don't a, even. That's, there was a picture. Yeah, of, yeah there was yeah. like a there was a picture on Facebook of somebody's like it was, oh. and it was somebody's feet like sticking through bare feet. No. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. can I borrow a fork real quick? Yeah, no, it's no, that's I mean, I'd step over the boundaries of all the things that I care about and just bite their toes <laughs> off. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, uh, brutal. Cool. Okay, so that's a that's a good intro. <laughs> There's a lot. I think people will get a good flavor for you guys from that. <laughs> yeah, we're weird. So as uh, we shift gears. <laughs> yeah, you're not weird. No, that that's I love when people think they're weird. You're not weird. You're just more okay with your weirdness than everybody else. I think that's true. Yeah. yeah. You're not yeah. any weirder than anyone else. You're just okay with it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, we always make we always make jokes and I'm like, "Oh man, that's such a bad joke. It we're so weird. We couldn't share that with anybody." And I think a lot of married couples have jokes like that in like in in the marriage. Like what? Like no, I don't know. <laughs> Weird, like gross sex stuff. I don't know. Yeah, I don't even know. But I know that we talked about like things. We could never talk to anyone about that. Yeah, think or things that are just so not okay to say out loud that you like say out loud to each other. Yeah, you feel it doesn't count. 
you feel the only person in the world who can hear this out of your mouth is your partner. Yeah. And not judge me for the rest of the time I'm alive. Yeah. One of my favorite things to do with Abby is to people watch because it is the funniest thing. Where was that going? Because the last comment you said was weird sex stuff. So. Oh, geez. I wasn't sure where we were going. I wasn't sure where that was going. I was with you. I was tracking. <laughs> Vegas is so much fun that people watch. Yeah. At WPPI, yeah. that's the best time. It is so much fun. Yeah. I'm What's not a big gambler. I don't really care about casino. Don't know. What? What's WPPI for people who don't know? Uh, I don't even know what it stands for. <laughs> oh, Wedding and Portrait Photographers. Yeah. Wedding and Portrait Photographers yeah. International. It's a huge conference in Vegas every year. Yeah. I think that's where we met you guys. I've yes. never been. But in the same room as you guys the first year I ever met you. Yeah. I met you in Jersey. In Jersey. Yeah. Oh yes. At dinner after that, after the Steve Saparito workshop. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I got a room with Easton and he's like, Oh, by the way, this couple is staying with us. And I was like, Okay. <laughs> well, that's exactly what e- how Easton said, Oh, by the way, Chad's gonna come over, we're gonna share a bed. All right. You okay. know what's Amazing here is we've all shared a room with Easton. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like so traveling with Easton though because <laughs> I like traveling with him because he brings his own French press and like <laughs> nice gourmet coffee. It's uh, he and he makes it like I don't have to do anything. It's just it's ready. So I'm I really enjoy that. He got it stolen one time when we were in Reno. And, yeah, I remember that. Oh I remember my gosh! About it for like a month. He was so pissed. He would not shut up about it. I'm like, dude, I will buy you another French press. I'm so sorry. It's not the, it's the premise. He was yeah. so sorry. Oh, I love Easton. Yeah. So one of the things we wanted to talk to you guys about, um, and, and I, I love your candor about life in general, which is why I think this is going to be such a good discussion about this topic, is, uh, is you guys have had some, some run-ins recently with like some online bullying stuff. Yeah. Um, and I think just the online world is an interesting world in general. Like we don't, there's not really like a generation before us to compare. This is how you deal with things online. And also this is, I think maybe the first time ever in history that like a full generation is growing up with this accessibility. And so they're like navigating those waters and trying to figure out like what's acceptable, what's not acceptable. How do you relate to people that are like actually real people in a world where most of the people, you know, are digital, you know, it's like, so tell us a little bit about what happened or, I mean, as much as you can without, you know, lambasting a certain person, but like, sure. tell us a little bit about what, what happened with some of that and, and, um, we'll go from there. Cool. Yeah. So, um, we were, I was like in Walmart with my sister and, um, my sister, I think you have to her. say the Walmarts. <laughs> the Walmarts. <laughs> I was in the Walmarts with my sister. <laughs> with my cousin. Um, <laughs> yeah. She does our run, helps run our Instagram. Um, yeah, she we, does. She, she's our she's our studio assistant, basically. Yeah, so we both get notifications for our Instagram accounts, um, and so we both, our phones kind of light up, and we're like, "Huh, what's that?" Because uh, with, I mean, we have a lot of fo- a lot of followers, a lot of comments that happen in our account. So a lot of times you just ignore it. But this was like, I saw the word like fat in mm. my little like on, notification on the boudoir account, and yeah. So yeah. we opened it up, and it's something about just a really horribly mean comment about how this person is fat and disgusting or it's, something like that. It's not the first time someone has said something inappropriate yeah. on our boudoir account. Yeah. I mean, the, the style of boudoir we, we shoot is, is very, um, 
unadulterated. I mean, we don't we don't Photoshop people. We don't change their appearance at all. We we capture what we see. So it's, it's all real people. I mean, even yeah. the people that we have come in as model calls are real people. We don't use like models per se. So right. Um, so yeah, I mean, we've we've dealt with some like mean comments before, but this one just like that we um, deleted it. But I also screenshot it just to have it and see who it was. So then I looked up the person. Um, I could tell everything about this young girl pretty much right off the bat because of all of the info that she had on where her she went to high school, where she was going to college, what sports she played. I mean, we knew a lot with her tagging her parents in photos. I found her parents on Facebook and then they're her parents' businesses, her parents' businesses, phone numbers. So just to have information for myself in case anything happened, I saved everything. Um, so then I messaged her, which we now know you shouldn't do. Andy was really mad at me, but I was just genuinely like, Hey, what's going on? Why, why are you making these comments? What can I help you with? Um, and I feel she, like, I feel like I was, I was upset. I'm like, no, you don't ever do that because then it's just going to egg her on to do it even further. Right. And then, you know, so we deleted the comments and we blocked her yeah. and we have like seven Instagram accounts. We have like, we each have a personal account. We have like four business accounts for different things. Since she started going on each one of the business accounts and commenting stuff. And I'm like, this has just gotten way out of control. Yeah. So, I mean, eventually, obviously as fast as we could, as soon as she would comment on an account, we would, um, delete the screenshot delete. delete. Right. And then block. While, and the, I mean, while we are the victims, not just, but it's really that our clients who right. ultimately are the victims right. of that. And that yeah. like to, uh, to any business owner is horrifying. So right. Right. we just need to like do a little bit of damage control and yeah. shut her down from everything. Yeah. And so the, the comment, the first initial comment she made was on a maternity picture. So thinking about, Initially, my head goes right to, oh my gosh, what if my maternity client sees this yeah. and already doesn't feel like herself and already feels big and is dealing with the world image calling her big and then sees somebody, this young, skinny girl call her that and how that would make her spiral and make her feel. And so then that's why I messaged her because I was just like so taken back that it was that this happened that I messaged them kind of like right away without thinking. Um, so I definitely think that that would be, if I'm giving any advice to anyone, it would be don't message them. Don't do what I did. Don't do that. <laughs> because it's clearly, that clearly didn't work. And it clearly wasn't, even though in the moment it feels right, it's just not, not the right thing. Well, I just do. don't think you're going to like, you're not going to reason with someone and you're not going to make them see reason. They're doing it because they think it's fun. They're hiding behind a cell phone screen. So it's easy for them to do that. So there's no, like, there's not a lot of guilt associated with that. So you're not going to like make them feel that guilt. You're not going to make them see the reason behind, yeah, you know, what they're doing yeah. is wrong. So it just doesn't make sense to even engage at that point. Yeah. You know, one thing that I loved from you guys when all of this was happening, because you went on social media to like a private group and were asking for advice. Um, I loved how objective you were trying to remain through this whole mm -hmm. process because I know if it were to happen to me, I would likely just 
I'm going to cut it. it. Yeah. Like <laughs> meet it head on and piss some people off. <laughs> piss those people off and make the situation much, much worse. Yeah. yeah. Well, that was Abigail. I mean, she was really, not that you were trying to make it worse, yeah. but you were very fired up about it. She's yeah. Very, I mean, yeah. I think so. We've both been bullied. I was bullied in high school and you were bullied at some point. Yeah. Well, I, High school age. High school age. So, I mean, we've both been, I mean, not just cyberbullying, but like in person. I mean, so it, yeah. we know how that feels. It sucks. Mm. Um, you know, and no matter how much you tell yourself you're going to let it go, it, it ultimately, it does affect you on some level, whether it be minor or major, um, you know, so we, we know what that feels like, you yeah. know, it just, and it just yeah. sucks. So, I mean, Abby immediately you know goes you know and gets super emotional and i immediately think about the business and i'm like no we must protect everything you know so it's, those are you know, our personalities she she maybe i you know i was the voice of reason there i don't know it yeah we, we flip-flop voice of reason flip-flop. <laughs> but yeah i mean she she was very very hurt i mean hurt for this this girl because she just had no idea what she was doing and hurt for our clients who thank God we we were able to delete it almost instantaneously. I mean, I, I just there was one time like a year ago where someone had commented something and the client saw it and we were like, oh, crap, this sucks. yeah. So we actually got notified yeah. by the client um, that there was a comment and she said, you know, I wanted to share these. I signed a model release because. Um, I thought it was really empowering and I had such an amazing time at the shoot, but then, you know, I get these comments and I just spiral back into these bad thoughts mm. about my body. And I was like, Oh my God, what's happening? Mm. So obviously same thing deleted or screenshot it, deleted it and then blocked him. Um, but mm. then, uh, I had this awesome, our VIP boudoir group. I had this awesome community of women who, um, all jumped on the post and gave this girl every type of compliment you could ever imagine. There was like 50 kind of comments on it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, but that doesn't happen all the time. I mean, it's not a, a super... It's tough. It's tough because once you feel that, like, it's tough to repair that, I mean, especially because they're old wounds, you know? I mean, people, some of the people that come to us have been dealing with that their entire lives. So yeah. they come to do a boudoir session to feel good about themselves and to, you know, kind of overcome those feelings and then someone says one word or three words and they go right back. So it's really, it's really tough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How long this most recent scenario, how long did it last? How long was this girl Not very attacking? Long. It was, yeah. it was, it was about a, couple, a night. No, I mean the, the, the comments, I mean, it was probably about 15 minutes. It was very short. Well, that was longer than that. Felt no, longer. I mean, I, I think it was very short. Cause she, once she knew that she was blocked from one account, she went to the other ones because I mean, it's you're Abigail Gingerell. We have Abigail Gingerell photography, Abigail Gingerell boudoir. I mean, they're all interconnected, <laughs> you know? So she just popped from one account. Search Abigail Ginger Ale and yeah. whatever pops up is like. Right, so, right. yeah, I think it was pretty quick. But, I mean, luckily, I was sitting at home and, and I was able to kind of address things very quickly. Um, yeah, but yeah. I, I think that definitely if we had not, like, deleted and blocked her right away, then it would have gone for however long she was on the page well no it wasn't just her because once we yeah. blocked her she had her like boyfriend, her, buddy, right? her boyfriend or something yeah. go and comment a bunch of stuff yeah. well, and and i was like what are we gonna do if this continue i mean i can't sit here all night and delete comments and block yeah. people yeah because she would tag him and then get blocked but then he would solve the notifications and then he would get in all yeah. the accounts so then it was both of them 
a couple minutes apart. Yeah. Tag teaming the accounts. I just Um, thought it was really incredible that you guys didn't go after them in a way that could severely hurt them in mm. the future. And that you're hoping that, I know. I and say what what kept that from happening? Like you knew where they yeah. went to school. You knew well, how to go. Listen, I think. Parents, I like, think. Yeah. You know, I've had kids that I went to high school with like apologize to me years later about how they treated me, and I'm like, I was over it. I mean, I had learned to deal with it early on. You know, I let most of it go. I mean, there are certain things that got to me, but I let most of it go, and I think. Um, at the point in which they had stepped forward and said, Hey, like, I'm sorry, I treated you that way. It's like really crappy, you know, because they see our work on Facebook and they see I'm married and have a kid and they see I'm happy and successful and all these things. And they, they come and like, Oh, you know, I love your work. You know, I'm really sorry I treated that way. And, um, I think it, I think it just takes a little bit of growing up and a little bit of maturing to really get to the point to realize that like, Hey, this is bad. This is not the way to treat people because you know, when you get to the, into the adult world, things are a lot different than they are in high school. And I think it just takes a little bit of time. So to go and to try to reprimand a 17, 16 year old girl, you're not going to make her realize it. Abby was fully prepared. I mean, she had an email drafted and everything, but we had talked about it and I said, you know, you could ruin this girl's life and it's just, it's just not worth it. She's going to realize it. It's just, I don't think you're going to force someone to realize like the impact of what they're doing until they go through something like that later on in life because the cool kids in high school, when they get into the workforce and they get bullied by the senior people in whatever job that they're in, they realize, Oh wow, this kind of sucks, you know, and it takes them a little bit of time to kind of realize that. So I don't think you're going to force anyone to realize that at that age. Yeah. I think it takes an incredible amount of restraint on your part, which is a testament to who you guys are and, that objectivity mm-hmm. and trying to sit back and really like reason through it. Like yeah. how do we most effectively approach this situation? Well, I, I think it's, it's not just that, but it's like, you know, I think it's bigger than just, just the situation itself. I think it's like, it's a culture thing. I mean, it's so accessible to, to cyber bully people and, and it's so easy to hide behind a cell phone or a computer screen. So um, we had put it out publicly on Facebook as well. Um, not, not naming the girl. I mean, we had blocked everything out, you know, but we had just acknowledged that, Hey, this had happened. And, you know, I just, we wanted people to know like, Hey, this isn't okay. And we didn't want people to not talk about it. We, I mean, we didn't make it a huge deal. We just posted on Facebook and that was it. Um, and people on our friends list saw it and we just wanted to say, Hey, this isn't cool. You know, this really hurts people. And most of the people that we're friends with are like, yeah, it sucks. Yeah. Yeah. I need to have a little bit of support that way. Um, yeah. but again, I think that like, we knew that like, what was going to happen if we went and contacted her high school and got her sco- college scholarship taken away. So she, um, I, I, she had gotten a scholarship for some sports thing and she yeah. had posted on Instagram about it. And, uh, I mean, that could potentially damage all of that, you know? Right. So, I mean, <laughs> there were a couple of people that were like, yeah, you could definitely like do some damage there, get her kicked out of school for two weeks or whatever. Well, I think Chad, so, Chad, you had even said like, Hey, you could totally email her. Principal. Yeah. Well, and this is, and this is kind of the weird spot that you could end up put in like as a, as a parent. And you guys know, like sometimes kids don't need whipped. They just need like talk to, and they need somebody yeah. to just be like, okay, I know you're having like a stressful day, or I know that like you feel like nobody's listening to you. So let's, let's deal with that rather than like just beating them. But then there's other times that I'm thinking like, 
you know, habits, habits be, or uh, actions become habits, which become disciplines, which become character traits, you know, and so it's yeah. like, it's, and so it's, it's, you're in this weird balance of like, you're trying to be good and you're trying to be a gracious human being. And then you think like, what, what's going to make somebody change from someone who randomly comments on a profile online, damaging or like attacking behaviors? Are they just being jerks? Are they just like, are they just tooling around? Like I would say probably, but then the other side of it is like, well, I mean like this, they're dealing with this right now. Like this girl that pushed that girl off the bridge, you know, like you saw the video they were she was on the bridge she was getting ready to jump on her own like it's not like some girl chucked her out of her car you know it's like and so it's like what part of that is personal responsibility what part of that is like going to help them learn a lesson is like i don't know some of the lessons i've learned that changed my life in general were like were some severe consequences well that's like that girl who was texting her boyfriend or ex-boyfriend to commit suicide like you should just go ahead and do it yeah in jail now like the rest of her life she's going to be in jail right so it's like yeah i'm I'm, does she need to lose her school scholarship for making harassing comments online but no like that's what i was saying is like you Mm -hmm. can bring it to light for people adults that can help kind of counsel her and enforce some consequences like there's been times where I've had to enforce yeah. consequences with my son that were like, normally it's, I don't want to, like it hurts my feelings. And, and I let him know that. And I talk him through that. And I'm like, look, I don't want to punish you. But what I also don't want you to understand about the world is that like people don't just, you don't just do things consequence free, you know? Yeah. And like what I'm trying to be as a parent and, and as a, even as a, like a good business owner is like, is do we have the ability to give grace? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I think that maybe more often than not, we should do that. Um, so it's just kind of, it's, it's, it's in a weird position. I think you guys handled it very well and gracefully. And hopefully it's one of those that she just needs some maturing. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah. I kind of also think about it as like, if she keeps doing it, I, I told my son this, the same thing, you know, it's like, I'm gracious with you when you're a jerk and you say mean stuff. Not everybody's going to be gracious. Somebody's just going to, chop you in the throat you know what i mean like and it happened last year <laughs> like he's you know he's in sixth grade and he tends to run his mouth a little bit and, and like well i don't care do what you want and i'm like i know that works with me because i'm not going to punch you like somebody's <laughs> going to punch you like somebody's not going to be so fun and be like oh yeah well they're just gonna and they he ran his mouth at at the playground and he said oh you're you're not tough you couldn't beat anybody up and he turned around and the kid chopped him right in the jaw so i was like See, lesson yeah. learned. Yeah, yeah. So my dad, somebody's my dad, not going to be as nice as you, and they're going to beat yeah. the crap out of you. You know, you're, I mean? you're very gracious because my dad was not afraid to punch me when I was being a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> we just listened to that Garth Brooks song, as you guys maybe not country fans at all, but it's called "The Night I Called the Old Man Out." Yeah, and it's like that's the story. It's like it's like I had finally gotten fed up with my dad, and I called him out. And I was gonna I was gonna make him pay for all the times he'd been right, and he's like. You know, I'd seen my older brothers crawl back in the house when they did this. And he's like, the blood came from my mouth and nose, but the tears came from his eyes. And it's like, that's kind of the way I think about this is like, mm. you know, it's, it, it shows incredible restraint to be able to approach this situation with such humility and also like some maturity. But yeah. I think the fact that you guys have been bullied and that you're not retaliating in the way that's like, I'm going to take care of this little turd. You know, I was bullied when I was a kid. It's like, that's, I think that's a, a definitely an idea and a mentality worth, worth spreading more of 
and yeah. work because it goes back. I mean, and we've had this conversation with other people is like, it's an idea of generosity is like, it's not, I was hurt and I'm going to hurt other people. Cause guess what that does hurts other people, which hurts oh, other people, which hurts other people. You know, I didn't want Abby to write an email and ruin this girl's life, like ruin her scholarship or whatever she had right. going on. Um, but at the same time, there's a like you said, there's a balance because if you don't say anything, what's the next thing that she's going to do to the next right. person? So I think like, just, we really struggled with that. We really- When is enough enough? Yeah. Yeah. So she, I mean, I had looked up all night. I was looking up statistics, right? So what are the statistics of being cyberbullied to committing suicide? And yeah. what are the statistics of cyberbullying and then in-person bullying and then killing someone? And so there are all of these things that it could turn up mm -hmm. as and all of these people that it could hurt. Um, and so then I was thinking about, okay, well, what about all these kids in our school? So what about all these people that are in her peer group? What is she saying to them on Instagram yeah. um, right. and hiding, right. hiding on social media? So that was, that was, I think, what triggered me the most. That's right. what made me so upset was that this could be happening to real life people that she has in her life they're standing in front of her. Um, right. Well, I think it just could escalate. Yeah. 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 And, and that's my mind immediately went to them. And I'm, and I'm typically the type of person that like, I want to prove someone wrong. I'm a very passionate person. So I'm like, I'm the kind of person's like, I need to correct this person because they can't live their life that way. And Abby's like, you can't do that with people. <laughs> but in this situation, I was the opposite. Yeah. And it was very interesting for me because I'm like, um, usually I'm like, you should do it. Do it. <laughs> You're like, let's do it now. I'll help you. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it was, it, the whole situation was, was very interesting. I mean, we learned a lot about just protecting ourselves and protecting our clients. You know, we, I mean, I, I think a lot of business owners and a lot of photographers would say, you know, oh, we love what we do and we love our clients. But I mean, we, we really do. And our boudoir clients give us joy. I mean, we have people come into the studio and they come in scared and nervous and they leave a different person. And that transformation is why we do what we do. We no, they don't leave a different person. They just leave a person who sees himself more honestly. Yeah. Like they were always that person. Yeah. Maybe it's easier to just say they leave a different person, but it's, yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. they you do what any good creative self-aware maybe. Of yeah. I was going to say you do what good. any good artist does is artists see the world differently. Yeah. And so what you do in, in photography and what you guys do in your boudoir is like, is really all you do is help align them with what is actually there versus what they, the image they tell themselves. And that's, yeah. And that's, that's a really good way of saying it. You know, yeah. that's, I mean, that's, that, and that's what you're we welcome. love and <laughs> what enjoy. What? I said, you're welcome. <laughs> can I, can you write that down? For Absolutely. Me? Yeah. No, it's, <laughs> it's my vision. It is my, it is my uh, thorough understanding of why creatives and why artists exists. Uh, and why they're they are immensely valuable and and irreplaceable in our society is mm -hmm. because they do what you guys do. You love people so much so that some stupid kid could bully your clients online, and you have compassion on them rather than lashing out on them. Right? Yeah, yeah. And that's I mean that's why you work in business. It's why you're successful in what you guys do. Is because people matter more than making money. People matter more than building a brand that's like nationally recognized. Those things will come along with that because yeah. you're, because people matter. Yeah. yeah. We've always brought people first with, with everything that we do. And I think, you know, any good business owner will, will do that. Mm -hmm. But I've always said to myself, you know, I've worked for so many 
different companies. I dropped out of college to go work because I love people and I was bored with school. I, I worked so many different jobs and I worked for some really crappy employers and I worked for some really good employers. And uh, the really good employers were the pe- people who you know brought people first and yeah. made an impact on me. And I'm like, well, we own our own business now. This is what I want to do. I want to bring people first. Yeah. Well, and it's, you know, it's, I, we talked about this before too, is that I think so many people are nervous or worried that like and entrepreneurs are all the time in that constant flux of like you provide all the income for your family from something that you literally just created out of nothing. It's like, you don't have, I mean, not most entrepreneurs in creative fields do not have like, they're not building like radios and they're selling them or they're not building like t-shirts and they're selling them. So there's a tangible product that like they move the product, they know how much they're getting. They know how much, you know, it's like, like yeah. the metrics it's different with a creative field. Like, um, you really have to just trust that what you do is extremely valuable to people's lives. And that the reason they have money is they're willing to trade that money for things that they care about. You know, you know like, the, the product or the service, the experience is more valuable than the money. Right. Right. Or, or maybe the reason they earn money is so that they can have things that they care yeah. about, whether yeah. that thing that they care about is a new car or that thing they care about is a vacation. You know, it's like, it's, it's that mindset for you guys and continuing. And I think, you know, that's one of the things that we want with the podcast is, is how we want to introduce people to interesting people we know um, and, and people who are doing things like this, because a, what you guys are doing is our ideas worth spreading to other people, right? It's, it's mindsets that are worth continuing. It's ways of thinking about the world and people and business that other people need to adopt and grow into theirs. And they need permission to think that they need encouragement to know that that's the way to do things. Um, and that it is successful because you guys are successful. You're doing what you want to do. You're making enough money to support your family and be able to do the life that you guys love. And that's really like what this whole journey is about is like, is how are you guys building a life that you want that you're designing because it makes you happy. Yeah. And I think that I, I wanted to make sure I didn't come in here and be like, Oh yeah, we did everything perfectly because <laughs> that's not how anyone learns. Obviously yeah. we're talking about the biggest lessons you learned in your life were ones that had big consequences. So I wanted to make sure that I said, you know, I did the wrong thing. I messaged her and I egged her on and yeah. um, she's not going to learn any lessons that way. And I think that that's mm. okay. Right. Like everyone who is successful makes these big mistakes. And so you have to be okay with learning and moving from your mistakes. We don't always have to be the person who's teaching them the lesson though. That's sure. a big thing that I've learned <laughs> because I'm usually the type of person I'm like, I want to, like I said, I want to, I want to correct whatever is happening. But uh, you know, we don't always have to be the person that's teaching the lesson. It's mm-hmm. a, it's a, it's a really difficult balance to maintain because if you don't, if you're not that person, they're going to do it to someone else. Mm. Uh, it's really tough. It, it, you could, it could have gone either way, but yeah. 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 So everybody is going to, you know, make mistakes with this specific pop topic or yeah. with other topics. Yeah. Um, and it's okay. You just have to learn from them. Yeah. It's a, uh, well, in our faith journey, we always say it this way, like you do your part and God will do his part and you can't do his part and he can't do your part. You're both responsible for your own things. But I think the principle applies whether you believe in, in that particular avenue or not, like, is that you can do your part and that's all you're responsible for. Um, there's a quote by Charles Swindoll that basically says that like, uh, you, you can't control what happens to you or around you, but you have full control over how you deal with that or how you respond mm-hmm. to that. And those two things combined will determine the outcome, Right. Up until the point that you respond to it, it doesn't have an outcome. And without your response, it's just a thing. 
Um, and so it's like, you know, when you look at situations like this, one of my, one of the coaches I follow says E plus R equals O is like, um, event plus response equals outcome. It's like with something like this, the event happened and it was just a thing, right? It was just, it was just a brick that they used to build the house, but it was also this girl used the brick to throw through a window, right? It's just a brick. It's not, it's not anything of itself. And so when you approach it like that with a combined calmness that Andy helped push into this situation is it's like it's just an event this girl is just a girl the comment didn't change anybody's life when it wasn't there and it didn't change any life after it was there and how we respond to this will determine what happens from this point forward so yeah. i was even thinking like what are some of the things or what could be some of the things that you guys are going to put into place um with your clients in person but also just like something i think that would be amazing for for this situation to develop into and cause to respond to is like is you guys being able not to speak out against because everybody's speaking out against stuff it's like how do you take this and use this as a teachable moment for like the rest of your life in your business is like guys we face stuff like this all the time and you're going to face stuff like this believe me you put boudoir photos out in the, in the world or yeah. even just the experience that you did boudoir you're you're going to have negative response to that. I promise. We've dealt. I mean, we've dealt with it over the past several years. Yeah. My dad is a pastor. So hold on. Can we can we take a two minute break so yes. I can use the restroom? Totally. Yes. Jamie, get a cup like everybody else. So I don't want to piss into the microphone, Chad. <laughs> like running the sink. We're recording. Yeah. Yeah. Shh. <laughs> it's okay. Good luck cleaning up that audio. I'm not touching it, so <laughs> good with me. <laughs> this is one of the things, though, that we found is like our first episode we recorded, and we're like, oh, you can hear literally everything, and it's oh, yeah. all just like one file, so we can't do anything with it. Oh, no. Yeah. <clears throat> True. Yeah, we, so we, um, we're staying at my parents' house right now. Oh, cool. There's mold and um, water damage in the apartment, in the uh, how we live with Andy's grandparents in our town. Oh, okay. um, and so the floor had to get ripped up. The sheet rock had to be ripped up like halfway up the wall. So they're redoing that. She's like getting the floor in today, but we've been here for like a month now. And because Andy's been sick. So if Andy wasn't sick and dealing with the kidney stones, he probably would be yeah. home and renovating everything. But <laughs> mom's in the background, background laughing because it's just loud here. There's a lot of people here all the time. You, well, I can't hear it. It's, it's <laughs> loud. I mean, it's like the, the last we this is the second episode recording today. Like the last one, we had like five fire trucks. And I'm like, I, I'm glad I had this little condenser mic because you can't really hear anything other than like what's right in front of it. Uh, but I'm just like, come I seriously, come on. Nobody ever comes to my door during the day at all unless they're scheduled. And during a podcast, there's like three people knock on the door. But it's always like this, like, so I have to be like, is somebody knocking? Like, is somebody here? Yes. I could tell you were doing something. Um, Thank God. The reason why you shouldn't have knocked. I really am happy you took a break because I'm sitting here going, I have to pee so bad. Oh. <laughs> yeah, Dude, break know. break I time. Freaking mule. I, <laughs> I, days. I haven't peed in three days. I have a small bladder today. Oh, I. You guys know I. I got uh, surgery. I got. I have stents. Yeah. So like, the urgency to pee is like every 15 to 20 minutes. It's, it's like a highway for your. It's your bad. Life. It's really bad. I, I take meds to kind of help with it, but it's like, it still kind of sucks. Did they determine, I mean, have they like given you any like nutritional stuff or what's causing your kidney? No, no, well, they have to. Like, have medicine, they're like, here's, just take this medicine. You won't have them anymore. 
Yeah, well, they they have like several supplements that help the storms, the stones from not forming, um, and they have medication to break up stuff. Yeah. Um, but they have to know what the stones are, so they have to pass first. But the stents are there to kind of hold everything in place and keep the like the pathway open so everything can flow as it should. Because I have kidney stones on both sides, so they they were like really freaked out about. Did that. they put you in that like hydro tank and like? No, they need to, but the tough part is I don't have health insurance. So this whole thing has been uh, so much more difficult. So, Well, I was just going to say, one of the things we learned early on about insurance in general is self-pay is usually like 20% of the cost. So if you let them know self-pay, and also they usually base that on financials. Yes, that's what we're doing now. Yeah, And third thing, I just want to give you like some worry-free health insurance or health health bills are not considered in the least when it comes to like your financial credit uh, rating credit ratings they legally have to accept as small as five dollars a month even if you owe like seven million dollars well we got when abby got her second surgery they made a mistake with her health insurance and we got a bill in the mail for eighty eight thousand dollars and i'm like what you're like? I thought this was supposed now, to be eighty two thousand. Are we going to do with eighty eight thousand dollars worth of bills? I mean, they had, they had since straightened out. I mean, we only wound up paying like thirty five hundred bucks. Yeah. I, I mean, it was almost a half a million dollars that yeah. she, you know. So obviously, the still, insurance paid for that. We still owe some, but I, I mean, I well, go to the doctors all the, doctor the time, like four times a week. Right, and then there's there's like forty dollar copays and two hundred dollar copays, and then they want me yeah. to get an MRI, so it's like four hundred. I'm like, whatever. And I'm not, I'm relatively wow. healthy other than the kidney stones, but like I tried to get health insurance. It's like $1,500 a month for just me. I'm like, how is that even possible? It's a racket, man. Yeah, it really is. Because it, well, it's just like everything else. It's, there is, they, you are either assuming the liability or they are. So the yeah. more money you pay, the less liability they're assuming, the better coverage you get. And it's like, we just decided at one point, we're just going to have like a $20,000 deductible with like decent coverage after that because i mean why do we have insurance the reason we have insurance is in case something tragic happens if we had to put twenty thousand dollars on like a credit card or like ask my parents for it or something like that would be a situation that would be acceptable right it's like it's a it is a tragedy or it is a like an emergency you know my insurance agent was actually the one that talked me through that he's like he's like look you don't like Nobody wants to pay 10 grand for something that happens in the hospital. But if you pay 10 grand for something that may someday happen, it's way better than paying $1,500 a month every month for something that's guaranteed to happen, right? Yeah. You are guaranteed you're paying for it. That's basically what I need to do is find someone who will help me walk through that. I mean, it just, it doesn't even make sense. I I rarely go to the doctor for anything. I'm, I'm relatively healthy. The kidney stone thing, you know, sucks, but I've been dealing with that for the past year and- you know, once, once they pass, they pass. And I really don't, de- I mean, the last one I developed was like, I was 21 when I got it. And that's, that was eight years ago. Yeah. So uh, right now it's just finding people that will let you self pay. And the so, problem is the surgical center to, to your point won't take a self pay. They want payment up front and they want like 30 grand up front. I'm like, <laughs> I, that, I, I just, I, I don't know how that's going to work, but <laughs> so anyway, we have two weddings this weekend and I'm going to go shoot them with stents with two stents in it's gonna suck but we have a second shooter to kind of replace me i'm just gonna go and hang out so we'll see how it goes well so we were talking about before jamie had to pee 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> what were we talking about? We were talking about uh, consequences. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, but I was. We were talking about just dealing uh, something about like dealing with life in those kind of terms of of um, dealing graciously with people is like, I think that's, that's kind of the thing is like, that's why we wanted to do this is that mm-hmm. we feel like we need to put more of this out there. We need to continue to, to celebrate um, people who are dealing with life in this way, because I think that's the thing that's, it's really easy. It's so much easier to just respond to those things, right? Mm-hmm. It's so much easier to just be like, F you, I'm going to get you, you know, like, and I feel like so many opportunities like that are being encouraged in people that like, you should stand up for yourself. Okay. So that's absolutely true. But what does standing up for yourself look like? And how are you guys? And then, oh, that's what it was. How are we going to approach that from like the proactive side of things? Yeah, um, So that it's not that we can keep them from happening because you can't keep anything from happening. You can't legislate good behavior. I think one of the things that you said, like, how do you protect yourselves? You know, how do you approach situations in the future? And I think the answer is pretty simple. I think we just do exactly what we've been doing. I mean, we, we obviously have found um, a system in our business with boudoir photography that works and that affects people in a very positive way. Um, And it's, 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 it's not just like one thing here, one thing there. It's the entire brand. It, you know, we approach the entire brand that way. So we change nothing. I mean, we don't. I mean, we're always going to run the risk of being having a cyber bully or something happening or someone calling one of our clients fat. I mean, it's yeah. just an unfortunate um, reality that we deal with on an everyday basis with with technology. So you know, we we you know we just keep doing what we're going to do because we're always going to run that risk. So well, and what we're doing is. Um, just not reacting as personally, maybe, Uh, maybe taking it personally and then stepping back and saying, okay, how do we approach this graciously? Which I feel like we, I mean, any type of thing that goes wrong in a business or anything that pops up, I feel like that's a good way to approach it. Well, I think if you don't take it personally, you know, it, it, taking things personally is sometimes a good thing because that's where the passion comes from. I mean, Oh my God, you, you, I could barely contain you that night. You were going (laughs) to jump and like go drive your car and get this chick or something. (laughs) That passion is good. That passion's a good thing when it's, you know, uh, directed and disciplined and directed. Yeah. When you have a um, spouse to, to direct you. (laughs) Well, and even into that point, I think that like, it's, it's very easy and common in our society to like to look at things or hear words like discipline and think like negative consequence or negative yeah. things about mm-hmm. that. But like well, really, well, yeah. And I was listening, I was listening to a show. They were talking about uh, the difference between fear and anxiety. And I think so many times we, we deal with anxiety by trying to avoid anxiety producing things. Yeah. And it's like, that's not the point. Your body mm-hmm. does this because it's a reaction. Like it's supposed to do that. It's yeah. supposed to produce those those feelings. It's supposed to produce those chemicals. The difference is what happens in your brain when those things happen is like, is that forward motion, that revving of the gas pedal has to go somewhere. It has to put in gear. So like, mm-hmm. I, and that's the thing that I think is is so effective or so powerful about what you guys are talking about is like, is that everybody's going to deal with this. Mm-hmm. So what? So what do you do about it? Right. It's like, and, and you said like uh, in prepping your clients and knowing that like knowing this stuff happens, 
is like we can attack this situation by trying to avoid bullies and trying to like shut down accounts and limit commenting and and attacking those who attack and like trying to take it out on those kids that are like leaving bad comments or you can tell the other people like look you're doing boudoir <laughs> like I just want to let you know, like, this is what's going to prepare your heart for this because you need to know this is stuff that can and probably will happen, even with people you know. But like, you also need to know that the things you know about this and the things that you believe and the way you feel right now about yourself is, is more true than those things. Yeah. You know? so it's, like, it's, a, it's a very difficult balance to maintain. I mean, that's this whole thing is, is difficult because, you know, there's a lot of clients that come in that are like, they're on the edge with themselves, with their body, yeah. you know, how they, how they feel mentally and emotionally about their body. I mean, they're really struggling. And, and I mean, there's one client that comes to mind who, um, you know, was, she did beauty pageants when she was younger and, um, she was, you know, a little bit chubbier and she's very curvy, gorgeous. She was one of our wedding clients. Um, and the first thing that she said to us, do you know how to photograph um, curvy women. We're like, um, she said plus size in the plus size. We're like, Yeah, we're like, yes. Doesn't we're like, everybody like doesn't generally happen. with a camera? It, exactly <laughs> yeah. how we photograph every single other person. Right. So, <laughs> so she had done she had done these beauty pageants, and that had really affected her in a very very negative way to the point where like it was affecting her relationships with the people around her. And she had done a boudoir session with us, and it changed everything for her. And I think if we had um, prefaced her boudoir session with what you had just said, I don't know if she would have done it. And it's so that it's really difficult. Well, no, I was, I wasn't even thinking like preface it, like before they ever come in, I'm just saying like, like it's, yeah. it's, you know, like when your kid has something really yeah. awesome that happens, but it's really only awesome for them. Like other people are probably going to be like, yeah, dude, everybody goes to the bathroom and the toilet. It's not that big of a deal. Right. Is yeah. like, is, is that something that I found that is, um, as a dad, as a business owner, as a friend, it's like, people need reason to celebrate and they need somebody to come alongside of them that says what you're celebrating isn't stupid. It's really totally worth it. Even if it's only worth it to you, that's all that I just, and I don't know if this is an original thought or not, but like the way I've been thinking about this is like, you guys know Paris exists. You may have seen pictures of it. You may have like gotten photos from that. You maybe even got a postcard from someone, but you've never been there. Or I don't know if you have, that's just an example. <laughs> if you've never been there it really doesn't exist for you, right? It just kind of the idea of it exists. Mm. So like what you feel, what you see, what you experience is like in your experience of the time in this world, that's what you know. And that's the most important things to you. So it's like helping them, helping them kind of, um, I guess maybe even giving them permission to be like, it's, it's okay. You know, like what I, what I care about is it's okay. Even if I'm the only one that cares about it, it's still worthy of caring about. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like that's, I, go ahead. Yeah. I think, um, I approach like insecurities and bad thoughts with my clients that way as well, because I think that, um, a lot of people are like, oh, well you're skinny. So you're not allowed to have insecurities. And I <laughs> yeah. think that that you is can't be weird about your body. The, you're not, you're not fat. Oh, right. Right. So we're always going to see people in a different way that they see them, right? Like no matter what, even after yeah. a bar session, we're probably going to see them better. And so the, I'm like, squeezing, I'm like, shut up. <laughs> um, but I think that giving them permission to feel those things and to just approach it that exact same way, even after the fact, even after bad comments. And like you said, 
they had the shoot and those are the those are those feelings that they need to hold on to and giving yeah. up well a, a person's perception is their reality so the minute you give them permission to kind of like hey this is okay like you're allowed to feel this way but you yeah. can also you can also kind of guide them to be like hey it's also to feel okay to feel this way too yeah like yeah. you can love yourself and you cannot you don't you don't have to give a shit about what people say you don't have to care about um you know what people think about you it's okay yeah. to feel that way. and Whether you can or you can't you can or you can't, and it's but it's the decision is up to you. The yeah. fact that it exists doesn't it. You literally have no control over that, which means that you can't make it happen or unhappen. Mm -hmm. So you either do care about it or you don't care about it. It's up to you. If you care about it, then you put energy in that direction, and you care about it, and that's your fault. Up to that point, they can say all they want, and like it's in, until you choose to engage it and put energy into it, it's as if it doesn't exist, right? Yeah. So yeah. I was going to ask Jamie to kind of talk to this a little bit about just this idea. Cause all I, th I think about so many different things in situations like this, but like one of those is like, is this is practice, right? It's like, it's practice. They're practicing feeling that way. And they maybe are practicing thoughts that they want to think that they don't think often because they practice other thoughts way too often. Um, and I was going to ask Jamie about working out um, is like, I know Jamie is probably was not initially like, Dude, I can't wait to work out. It's going to be freaking awesome. <laughs> but he's been practicing working out for a while now. And it's like, I just wanted to kind of add that flavor into this because I think you have some, some value to add to that. Yeah, I mean, I think it, when you practice something, it creates a mental shift. And for me personally, <clears throat> God, it sucked. I didn't want to go to the gym. I didn't want to work out. I don't want to lift weights or exercise. Like that's, that sucks. It's not that fun. Right. Um, and it, I, it was completely confirmed after the first day that I went, and I wanted to die. <laughs> like, no, this was, it was a, it was a horrible. I, I woke up the next day. And I was like, I am never going again. <laughs> you know? But after a couple of days, I wasn't so sore. And I was like, all right, I made this commitment. I'm going to go back. And that day sucked as well. But, you know, progressively after I continued to practice, it didn't hurt as much. And I could start seeing changes, maybe not physically, but I could start feeling the changes. Like, you know, I yeah. woke up in the morning, like <laughs> ready to go and get out of bed and tackle the day. And I was more conscious about what I was eating and all of these little things that started to add up. And after the course of what, four or five weeks, I completely changed to, to where like I used to house like goldfish, like you wouldn't believe, you know, those big <laughs> boxes of goldfish container. Because I do that. Dude, <laughs> Andy, you and I, man, I would, I could go through like five of those things a week easily. Mm -hmm. I could just sit all night and just, shove them down my throat right but i still love them but now i have gotten to a point where i can control like that craving of like i sit down i'm like dude i i gotta eat some goldfish like i see them now and i'm like hmm, that's tempting yeah i really want them yeah you and i need to chat because that is like that's tough well, so <laughs> I mean, you know you, you're so busy all the time and you make yeah it's like yeah. you know i good, it, they're I, really good excuses I'm not gonna What's that? I said they're really good excuses, all the ones we tell ourselves. This is why we still eat them. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, listen, I, it's either I can, order out, I can order out and spend 15 minutes with my daughter, or I can cook dinner and not spend 15 minutes with your yeah. daughter. 
Yeah, so it's, it's really difficult. You, man, you, know, it's a, you can spend 15 minutes with your daughter while you cook. It's true. I know, and it's the excuse <laughs> I made. So I'm, you know, I'm not letting myself off the hook for that. No, no, no. It's uh, well, this is the thing. Is like they're all, pra- and this is like, I, I could care less about CrossFit, but I love CrossFit. I love my gym, and one of the reasons is is they help me understand that like discipline is not disciplining yourself is not discipline. It's actually freeing your life up to do the things you want to do. But the reason that you can't do them now is because you're not disciplined, right? You have all the money you need. The reason you don't have the money you want to spend on the things you want is because you're not disciplined with the money that you have. The reason that you don't have the body or the, the health status you want is not because you don't have the opportunity to eat better. It's because you're not disciplined with the food or the time that you have. Right. And so it's like it sucks major league to realize the only thing separating you from what you want is you and doing it because that's all on you. And like I didn't have and I same thing. I'm like two and a half years into this like newer version of the weight loss and nutrition stuff I've been working on. It's like, God, dude, I gave myself a solid 15 years of telling me and other people that I had a hard time losing weight. Hmm. And that and that maybe is still true but that was what i gave myself as the reason why i didn't attempt it or push towards it so it was like those little practices or those little um that discipline of jamie pushing past that point of like of like oh what i don't want is i don't want to hurt i don't want to hurt well like you already do hurt you're tired you eat like crap you're grouchy with your kids because you're not disciplining your body in a way that like is beneficial to you and so i was like I think we've convinced her or we lie to ourselves that like we're going to get somewhere by avoiding mm. pain, but it's like, you don't get to avoid pain. You, but when you choose which pain you want, you get to determine the outcome where rather than just like kind of being stuck with whatever happens. Yeah. But I think a big part of the change though, in being able to like make newer, new, healthier habits is commitment. Yeah. Like it's really easy to say, I'm going to go do this thing. Yep. Um, and try it out for a day or two or whatever, and then stop. If But for me, the, the big change was that I sat down with another human being and I committed myself to going through this program for six weeks. Right. And, and if you're anything like me, like if I commit myself to something, the very last thing I ever want to do is let the other person down. Yeah. So it became not so much about like a battle of will with myself, but it was like, Hey, I'm not going to let this guy down that I signed up with to go through the, this grueling six weeks. And, you know, like three or four weeks in, there was a complete mental change for me because I found myself wanting to go to the gym, wanting to exercise, not necessarily doing the exercises that they had planned (laughs) for me. Like I had to find what worked for me. But once I found that, I was like, I want to go today. I want to do, you know, 40 minutes on the treadmill, get some cardio in speed walking because I used to love to run, but now I hate it. Um, which is weird. I used to run. Nobody like likes to run. Day. No, I, I, my dad, my dad is a big guy, six, four, like three seventy five, big guy. He goes, I'll go running when I see someone smiling and running. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know that, that commitment for me changed everything because I knew that I wouldn't let that other person down, which, yeah forced me to stick with it and meet my goal and then once that goal was over like i saw i felt the results i saw the results and i was like shit i should just keep doing this right because now i'm enjoying like now it's to the point where if i don't go to the gym i take it out 
on my family because I'm in a bad mood. I haven't gotten that outlet yeah. today yeah. or whatever. And I just find myself in a shitty mood just being like, I have to go to the gym. Like I have yeah. to get out of here or else yeah. I'm, someone's not going to make it. <laughs> I find myself laying awake at like two in the morning, just like because I have not exhausted my body. And it's yeah. like, it, well, but this is what's interesting. It's like, we're, it seems like a tangent, but yeah. it's the exact same thing we were just talking about. Right. Yeah. So disciplining yourself, practicing the thoughts of, of yeah. discipline, practicing the habits of like when situations like this happen, Abby, Practice not saying anything. Practice right. not talking. Right. Let your brain kind of work on it for a little bit. Practice that. And then after you've done it a couple of times, then it's kind of like, then you look forward to it. Then you're like, oh, I know how to do this, right? Yeah. I don't suck at this anymore. It's so funny because you say Abby and it's usually me, the one saying something. <laughs> yeah. So well, but this so specific funny. situation. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I think that that's um, something that we can, uh, specifically as we work drivers, but you can bring that same thing to your clients. Um, yeah. I tell my clients all the time, which again, like you said, it spills into other areas of your life, whether it be fitness or body image that like, you don't wake up one day and you're like, Oh, I'm body positive right? <laughs> right. Positive for the rest of my life. Yep. It's a daily choice and you have to practice it. You have to yeah. I say it all the time. It's, and that's why we have this Facebook group where I talk to all of my clients, my past clients, um, and include them because just that little bit of being like, you know, post a selfie and then you give them a compliment. And they give themselves a compliment. Right. It's practicing that body yeah. positive. Yeah. And I think that's incredible. It's, yeah. it's super impacting. It's yeah. and that's the thing that's really cool to me is like that little practice of like being more gracious with yourself will bleed into all the other areas of your life. And you say, because then your mind starts saying, like, and that's so crazy. Like with my kids, I say this all the time is like, we're training them. We're not training them like we're we're they're going to wake up one day and know how to do the dishes. It's like, we're training them. Like when they do the dishes and they kind of suck at it, then we're like, that was great. Here's a part that you can improve on, or here's how you do this better. or Here's how you make it easier. And then they do that a couple of times or they do it for years and they hate it. But all of a sudden it's become part of their daily routine and it doesn't seem like work so much anymore. You know, it's or they hire someone to do it because they really, <laughs> whatever. I'm trying to get my kid to pick up the dog poop, man. Right. <laughs> it's like, I, I don't know that anything ever comes easy but i think everybody assumes for people who are who are ex performing at an elite level in something everybody else assumes that it just happened to them and it's like they it's you know that people say all the time like you know look people look at an entrepreneur's job or a lifestyle and they're like oh you're always traveling you're always like oh it must be fun to just like you know buy a new truck and and do that whenever you want. I'm like, it's, you didn't see the last 12 years of my life when I've worked to get my credit up. Like, and I've grinded out to, to have tax returns that didn't look like, you know, like, yeah, right. Um, like you haven't, you haven't done that. You no. haven't sat through the weeks and weeks and weeks where you're like, we're going to have to wait to get groceries until Friday because we don't have any money today. And I have a client and I'm hoping that that client, you know, invests the way that they think they're going to. <laughs> So that we can get groceries, right? You know People what I mean? People don't understand that that time investment and that just the the beginning years of the business to where you're building up that. And yeah. I mean, there are times when like, oh man, our rent is due in like three days. I hope yeah. we, I hope this client buys an album today. Yeah. 
it's just, I mean, that anxiety, I mean, it's a, it's a really crappy way to live your life, but like, that's just what it is when you're yeah. building your business up. That's just what it is. And but like, it's the, pain, it's the pain you're choosing though. Right. Right. And, 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 and I'm okay with that because yeah. we are, we're, we're the ones saying, all right, we're going to make this decision. It sucks. And I was like, man, I, she's, I mean, like just today she's been having sessions nonstop. She's got two sessions today, yeah. like a session tomorrow and two weddings this weekend. And then it's just nuts. And we barely see each other, but you know, this it's temporary. It's just, this is just what we right. need to do to get to where we, we want to be. And right. it sucks, but it's, you know, we're choosing to do that. Right. What if you're willing to go through, if you're willing to go through the temporary discomfort of muscle pain, you can get to the point where your muscles ex- are excited about working out and they feel ready. If you go, if you're willing to go through the temporary discomfort of like financial anxiety because of running a business and building it and, or you're willing to go through the temporary discomfort of like not really having the relationship time that you need or really want right now, because you know, it's going to come and you pushing towards that, you get to have the rewards that everybody wants, but isn't willing to go through the pain for, you know? And it's like, but that's the, it's, it's just such a, like I said, I feel like we can talk about a hundred different topics and we'll come back to this same, this same topic is that in, in this situation of bullying, you guys chose to practice grace. You chose to practice understanding that like you don't have to be the one that teaches them the lesson because if you do what you can do, you help prepare your clients in a way that's positive and you deal with them in a way that's, that's mature, if they don't get it, at some point, somebody's going to punch them in the face and they're going to get it, you know? Yes. So it's, it's just, I don't know. It's stuff like that. I saw, I want more of that, man. I want more of that in the world that I live in. And, uh, I feel like we could talk about that forever. I yeah. want to touch on something. I know that we're going to be wrapping up here any minute, but I want to just quickly touch on something that was really great for me today in this conversation is like, I don't do boudoir photography. Um, I wouldn't be comfortable in that arena at all. Um, but one thing that I hear a lot from boudoir photographers is, we're empowering women like boudoir photography empowers women. And I've honestly, like I've known that you can obviously empower women with boudoir photography, but it's also very easy to objectify women. Um, But one thing that really stood out to me was just a few minutes ago when you said that you go into your private community and you have people post a photo and you guys are complimenting each other and you're bringing that positive energy like that right there embodies empowering women to me. And I think it's beautiful because it's something that I, when I hear, when I hear boudoir photographers say like we empower women, a lot of times I cringe because I'm like, what? As long as they're in underwear. Like what the F does that (laughs) even mean? Like, what are you doing to empower these women? I mean, telling, telling women that she has a beautiful body. That's great. But getting a woman to see those things in themselves is where real change happens. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that to, to wrap up like a ton of the topics we talked about, the boudoir session is the first step in them practicing their body positive and their view of themselves. And they're connecting their like how they feel to their body. You know, it's like, it's not like they need to be naked or they need yeah. to be in underwear to feel empowered, yeah. but you're also, you have to think about it. These people are, most of our clients are in their late twenties, early thirties. They've just had a kid. They've just went through a divorce or they've, you know, they've been through this major life event that they feel like they need to like, 
they just need an uplifting experience. You're connecting the the their emotions and their 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 thoughts to their body and and to what they see. Yeah. yeah, and I think that I, and I say this at least like three times a day. <laughs> I say if you if the end result was not photos, if you didn't get any photos from this, if you didn't receive a product or an album or a profile picture, it's all worth it for the experience. Yeah, that's and that's what was just going on in my head. It's it's yeah. the self realization. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what's what's beautiful about you? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I, a lot of the times, sorry, just a quick. But a no, lot of the good, times, good. that's like the the pictures they see of themselves laughing. And the pictures they see of themselves, like making a funny face because they feel weird or something. Those are the pictures they love the most because yeah. they're seeing their personality and they've missed that and they, they've lost it. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so that's what is important is that experience and seeing who they really are and their well, personality. Well, you do a really good job of making people feel comfortable. And that's what's amazing about what you do because... Because Jamie, I would not feel comfortable shooting Big War by myself, first of all, because it just I'm a guy and I just feel like it's just it's really tough. I know there are guys out there that do it, but sometimes it's just easier to connect with a woman that has those same insecurities and feelings. And I mean, we could talk about that for another hour. I don't want to get dive into that. <laughs> but I mean, Abby does a, a great job with connecting with people and, and I'm just in awe watching her like do what she does. I mean, I don't know there's many people that do what you do on that level. It's just, it's an, it's amazing. Well, and a lot of it comes from, I'm sure the fact that you've dealt with your life, right. And you've mm-hmm. dealt with body image in ways that people can't imagine. And you've dealt with all of the things that people deal with. And you're putting your vulnerability out there as like, this is why I'm strong is because yeah. I have all these vulnerabilities, which makes people like, um, I always call it like self, it's like soul echoes is like people, even when they don't communicate with you or have heard you, if they've recognized that in you, it's like some part of that speaks to them and they want to be around that. It's like, it's like conversations like this It's like, I don't care if you know us. I don't care if you've ever heard the podcast before, like you're going to hear these things and you're going to want more of it because Mm -hmm. it it's, it feeds into a deeper part of who we are. So it, and you guys unintentionally just um, talked about what I spent my whole weekend talking about at the conference in Missouri was, is is good photography has nothing to do with photos. Right. Photos are the vehicle. Now, I do believe that we have a unique um, art form in that what we do is so permanently tied to tangible products that they can have that tie so deeply to the things they care Mm -hmm. about. If they never got a photo from it, it would be totally worth it. But combine that emotional connection and and connection with the things that they really care about with something that they can see and physically touch. And it's like, dude, it's like napalm. Like yeah. it, well, when you see people open their albums, yeah. When you see people open their albums and they 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 pull this album, they're like, "Whoa, this is just unbelievable!" Yeah, and it just like it kind of connects everything. I mean, on the wedding day, we have people come up to us. You guys are doing a great job, and I always laugh. I'm like, "How do you know? You haven't seen any photos." But I'm like, if we if we ever lose that that ability to make people say that to us, I'm like, well, we need to stop doing it because we must be doing something right. It's just, it's a, it's a really cool thing for people to come up and we don't even know like wedding was to say, you guys are doing a great job. Yeah. that is just really, really cool. Yeah, you know, it's, it, it always makes me laugh when people come up and they're like, yeah. you know, you're doing, we've been watching you guys. You're working so hard. You're doing such a great job. Yeah, yeah. man, you haven't seen anything yet. Like, That's my, <laughs> my favorite response to that is always like, I don't even have memory cards. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm having a great time though. This is so much fun. Oh my gosh, that's so yeah. funny. I need to do that. I'm going to yeah. do that. 
You're like, and I forgot my batteries today. Man, I'm glad you're having a good time because I had a blast. Um, no, what is, I mean, just to put a kind of a cap on it is like, that's, the, that's what it's about. And that's what's yeah. cool is like, is that when people have an experience like that, a lot of times they have to like think back to it. It's like, oh, I kind of remember that time, like when I met her, you know, but if they have a concert ticket, all of a sudden holding that concert ticket from the time they went to a concert, it's like, it's, it's like intensifies and makes it real. It's like not hearing about Paris or thinking about what it might be like. It's like, you're standing there smelling baguettes and BO, you know, it's like, <laughs> in it. Um, and people that hear that often are going to be like, he always references Paris with like smelling like BO. I just yeah. imagine it like that. I don't know why. Like if you go to some like outside of the city, it does smell like pee a little bit on well, the I, sidewalk. I heard it was like <laughs> That's New York city. city. Yeah. Right. It's one of the most densely populated cities in the world. Yeah. It smells like people. But yeah, it's, I mean, that's, that's the thing is like what, when they have an album, not only do they get to look, look through it a week later or two months later, whatever they get it is like for the rest of their life, it will be a testament to the fact that those things that they hoped existed, those things that maybe they have a hard time remembering exist are real. And they're really, really real. They're, they're in front of them, you know? So it's like, that's, that's what, I don't know. I'm super excited for you guys to continue to grow um, for what you're doing for the industry, but also just in your lives, man. I'm so happy that you're finding things that are not only fulfilling to you guys, but are like helping other people be fulfilled. Cause that's like, that just like reverberates back and forth and it's super awesome. It has its days, but yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We love it. Well, that's just marriage in general, I think. (laughs) Oh, you were talking about marriage. I was talking about your business. <laughs> well, well, the two are one and the same, my friend. Right. I mean, yeah. we spend every second of every day together. So, yeah, it that's is. Great. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Well, thank you guys for being uh, being guests today. Can you just let our uh, our listeners know, like, how they can find you guys online? Uh, what what social media channels you're using and that kind of stuff? Yeah, so we're on Facebook, Abigail Ginger Ale Photography. Abigail uh, Ginger Ale spelled like the soda. Um, we have a Facebook page. We have or a pop page. if you call it pop. Or, yeah, sorry. Whoops. If you're from um, Ohio. Yeah, if you're from Ohio, you call it pop. I love People it. People would be like, what's soda? <laughs> That's awesome. Um, and then we have our, for women who are listening, we have our women's only VIP boudoir group. Um, uh, and it's a community, just like we talked about before, lift each other up and share boudoir photos if you feel like it. Um, and then Instagram. We have a lot of stuff on Instagram. We just like to post and share the love and share how much we love our clients and stuff on there. So check what are your Instagram handles? Um, <laughs> Abigail Ginger Photography. And then Abigail Ginger Boudoir is the boudoir page. Awesome. Cool. Well, guys, thanks Definitely. for your time. Yeah, appreciate you being here. And hopefully we can have you guys on again because this has been great. And yeah. Cool. Sounds good. We got plenty of stuff to talk about. Yeah. yeah obviously. Cool. Thank you, guys. We'll have a rocking week. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks. All right. Good. Bye. Bye. Thanks for checking out the Goat Rodeo podcast. Please be sure to like and follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash the Goat Rodeo podcast or on Instagram at the Goat Rodeo podcast. And don't forget to subscribe to be notified as soon as new episodes become available. As always, we thank you for your support and we'll see you soon.